Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Hey everyone, hopefully you are staying cool if you are in Yakima, Washington. It has been so hot, hence the reason why I am coming to you on a Saturday for those of you who listen on the release days of these episodes. It was too hot in the studio. I just could not sit here and work on this. Um, Luckily, it is a cooler day today. So here we are. Hopefully, this little break from the heat wave will continue. Oh my gosh, it has been so warm. So hopefully you've eaten lots of ice cream and popsicles. Maybe you have AC, which is always a blessing. And maybe you even have a friend who has a pool. Uh, That's been the way that we have sort of been getting through this heat wave. And hopefully you are getting through it just fine as well. So we are in John chapter 11. We are still uh, in the story where, where Jesus heals Lazarus, raises him from the dead. He has not yet raised him from the dead, but we know it's coming. And we are in verse 28. Uh, Last week we were, Jesus was with Martha and had this conversation and he made, um, I believe it's the fifth I am statement. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And when he promises life, he promises right now life. That it's not just the end journey or the end of the journey, but is it is the moment right now where you get life, the journey towards eternity, um, that lasting eternity that that you know we all look forward to heaven and the new heaven and the new earth that we read about in scripture but it's not just where we're going it's this moment that we're in right now where Jesus is the life it is the journey on our way to uh, our eternal state um where he brings life as well and and so he is life he is the prize so we talked about that last week so here we are in verse 28 And um, it says this, when she had said this, she went and called her sister. When she, that's Martha. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes 
of the blind man also have kept this man from dying. This portion of scripture is so helpful in understanding sort of where our faith tends to to lie in the midst of understanding the power of God, but not fully understanding Jesus's presence with us. Um, this really leans into uh, where Jesus in the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed are those, this is Matthew 5, uh, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And in the midst of this moment where Mary comes after Martha to Jesus and is, is of course, sad, her brother has died, right? And she, she expresses great faith in Jesus and, and, and says, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And then later we hear, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? So the Jews who were there with them had this extreme faith in Jesus and, and the power that he carried, but they were confused at his process and why, why he didn't come sooner, why he didn't keep Lazarus from dying. And I feel like this is the stance of our hearts a lot of times. We question God's methods instead of delighting in the person of God. But again, even in this portion of text, even as we've seen through this whole story, Jesus draws our attention to him. In this short, short text, uh, we see Jesus wept. So we see Jesus moved by emotion. But this emotion comes from a place of seeing, experiencing, and understanding the depth of pain that was being experienced by Mary, Martha, and the Jews who were with them, the people who were mourning. Biblically, we see that it is good to mourn, that, that we, a lot of times, try to tell people, hey, you shouldn't cry, you should just celebrate death. But we see in scripture that death is actually an enemy. We're supposed to mourn. I believe it says in 1 Corinthians that death is an enemy, that we are to mourn death because it is the cause of sin. But in this moment where Jesus steps in and is a comfort to us, looking from an outside perspective in on this story, we see that Jesus sees the depths of their pain, and it moves him. Uh, A lot of times I've heard in Christian culture that emotion is like looked down on, because uh, human emotion can be very unchecked. But when we go back to Genesis and we see that we were made in the image of God and all throughout scripture, we see that God is an emotional God. We see him burning with anger in Exodus. At one point, uh, he's displeased. I believe it's in Numbers. um, That's the one that comes off the top of my head. In Numbers, there's a text where he is displeased with the complaining that the Israelites have. But, but anytime you see his displeasure, it says that he heard their displeasure, that he sees into the hearts of men. Or I've brought up before, 
maybe before on the podcast, but in Genesis 6, when, when Jesus or when God sees the state of man's heart and he regretted making man because he looked into their hearts and their minds and it is all their thought processes were, were evil continually. And, and that, that caused him to regret. We see even in the Ten Commandments, it says, do not worship other gods because God is a jealous God. He wants us to see him and recognize him. We were made to see him and recognize him and, and be his ambassadors, ambassadors of his glory. In Psalms, we see that God rejoices in his work, and we are called then in the New Testament to rejoice in the work of the Lord. Or we see pleasure, great pleasure, right? So 1 Kings 3, we see this great picture of uh, King Solomon uh, in verse 9 of 1 Kings 3. Let me read this for you. This is King Solomon saying, Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this your great people. So he's saying, I don't have an ability to govern your people, um, but I want to govern them well. He was looking outside of himself and recognizing that he himself, Solomon, didn't have the power to do it well. And so he was asking for God's help. He was saying, God, I need you. And in verse 10, it says this, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself the long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is, what is right. Behold, I now do according to you, your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after. That's why we say Solomon is the wisest man who's ever lived, because this is what the Lord said. There will be no one wiser. I give you also what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. So he gives an abundance out of this selfless mindset and heart set, because that's what God created us for. And so going back to John 11, we see these people showing great emotion out of selflessness. They were weeping for Lazarus. They were weeping because of the pain of, uh, of the loss of another individual. When we mourn someone else, it's not necessarily for our benefit. Of course, we love having uh, loved ones around and family and friends and would rather them be around, but we weep for them that they are having to experience death. And so it's this selfless act of mourning. And Jesus, in in this selfless moment where everyone is moved by what has happened to Lazarus, not them, he is moved also because they are operating out of a heart set and a mindset that God created them for. I would say, as far as emotions being bad, the, the interesting thing is when we see, like in Romans, Paul talks about our flesh. 
I think emotions need to be tempered with the person of God and his spirit living inside of us and not tempered with our flesh. Because when our flesh is the lens in which uh, our emotions shine from, it's selfish emotions. But when, when our emotions are tempered with the person of God and, and when our emotional God is showing these emotions in Scripture— he is tempered with his own attributes, his characteristics. We've talked about him being the omni-God, that he is tempered by his own love and his care for his people, his own holiness, his glory, his omniscience, his omnipresence. Um, he is tempered by his own attributes. But when we, as sinful um humans that are led by our flesh, when our emotions rage, they are tempered by selfishness. And that's when emotions can become, become dangerous. But we see in scripture that God is pleased or displeased when people operate out of a selfish or selfless. It, what, where his pleasure or displeasure comes from, he is displeased when people are selfish and pleased when people are selfless. And I think the key here is the gospel that we when we are when we are operating out of a selfish mindset and heart set that is us within our fallen nature. Not the way God created us to be, not not true humanity, the true humanity that God created. But we are operating out of a sinful nature or a fleshly nature rather than the way he created us to be. And when he finds great pleasure is when he has come in and done the work in us to restore us through salvation, through the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus, that we are restored to a place where we can actually operate out of true selflessness. And also, I, the takeaway I would love for us to think about is God has these emotions that are tempered by himself, by his own attributes, by who he is. And he sees us in the midst of our pain. We see Jesus step into this situation that's hard, and he knows the outcome. He knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But in that moment, he weeps. He is where they are at. He, he is there with Martha. He is there with Mary. He is there with those Jews who are mourning. And in the same sense, when we experience deep pain and deep emotion, and, and, and sometimes the wreckage that goes on in our minds and in our hearts when we are experiencing whatever we are experiencing, whether it's gladness or, or it's pain or it's sadness or it's anger, Jesus sees us. And just like the Israelites, he heard their complaints, just like he saw when they were doing things that were pleasing out of their minds and their hearts. And, and Jesus is there with you in the midst of it. And he still went up on the cross for you. 
that you, yeah, you cannot run, you cannot hide. Don't hide these things. You're not hiding these things from God. Don't, don't even try it. But sit there in the moment with Jesus, knowing that he sees the depths and the complexity of the emotion you're feeling. I am so comforted. When, going back to Matthew 5, where it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I am comforted by the fact that Jesus knows my every thought. For some of us, that might feel scary. But I am comforted by the fact that Jesus sees everything that goes on in my mind and in my heart. And he is there for us and with us. And he sends his spirit to guide those those mindsets and heart sets. I've made it a practice to, when I see something in me that I don't like, I just bring it to God and I'm like, God, would you help me with that? Would you work on that with me? Because I don't have the power. Just like King Solomon saying, I don't have the power to do this well. When we lay ourselves down and we say, I don't have the power to do this well. Jesus, I need your help. I need my emotions to be tempered by your personhood. Because I know you are here weeping with me in this. We love and we serve a God who is there with us in the moment, not a distant God. Be comforted by that this weekend. And we'll get Further into this story, uh, next week we'll talk about the raising of Lazarus, which is this amazing moment. But be comforted by the God who is with you, who mourns with you, who weeps with you, who rejoices with you, and who is pleased with you when you were walking in the way of Jesus. So let's do that together this weekend. Stay cool. Eat more popsicles. It's okay. It's summertime. Don't feel guilty. Stay cool, everybody. I love you, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.